kicks with dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Reverse rim job? What the yeah. hell is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Jesus, Johnny, what the hell is I, wrong with I, you? I wanted to get Yo, caught. Yeah, I, I was thinking that quote was in my brain every time I thought about like how am I going to talk about this damn podcast I was going to be like so much porn <laughs> there's so <laughs> much porn <laughs> it's just out in the open you have so many tabs yeah there's so many tabs like, open there's files look at the, organiz- look at the organization here <laughs> clockwise rim, rim, rim jobs job. counterclockwise rim, rim, job. rim jobs reverse well, rim jobs what the no, fuck no, no. is that you have to smash it up and we have to dump it in the river and go check on it <laughs> Three, three <laughs> time to time. Like, no, no. We can't just smash it. We gotta go bury it in the hopper. I would like to introduce to uh today's sponsor, Zen. Yeah, shout out Zen. Um <laughs> oh, you guys did too. Oh, you got the Zenny's boy. Hold on, hold on. You're too goddamn bright. Oh, ain't no way this boy got some Zen on him. There we go. I didn't know you you did Zen. Shout out to him. We just picked him up. Three milligram. Oh, you got That's the six, six milligram. You got that big dick. is where it's at. That's some big dick energy. Yeah, six has put me on my ass. Zen, boy. <laughs> well, actually, Sixes I, don't aren't too bad. It's just because of how frequently I put them in like every 15 minutes. <laughs> So, like, eventually all that nicotine stacks up and I start getting really nauseous. Yeah, oh. buddy, I think we recognized your addiction in our last podcast. Yeah, I was tripping for a second, dude. My little desk light went on behind me. I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> but no, this is actually an old can. I stopped. I went down from sixes to threes because it made me sick again. Yeah, dude, sixes, I'm going <clears> to <throat> hurt. Ang, <laughs> this ang. is not what's happening. Yeah, and I ain't going to lie, dude. Then I got the coffee. I tried the coffee flavor one. <clears throat> People sleep on the coffee flavored one. It's pretty good. It's good. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't taste like super strong coffee. It it's it's a mellow kind of espresso flavor. It's it's delicious. It's really freaking good. Do one of you guys want to give the intros, or do you just prefer me to do it? This is your podcast. This I'm is our guest. podcast, dude. I'm a guest. Fuck. Ours. Okay. All right, I'll do the next one. I'll do the next one. All right. Not this one. All right, give me a second. I got a burp. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Clip that. <laughs> oh, good Jesus. Oh, safety. Dude, yeah. Oh, we... <laughs> Do you guys remember that time we were in Kyle's house and we were trying to do, like, the EVP session? With the little shitty, like, handheld recorder. And we set it down in Kyle's room. And we all sat kind of, like, across from each other. And you're, Safety. Safety. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Safety. Freaking Brady starts. We set the thing to record. He's like, all right, if there's anybody, any spirits in this house, make your presence known. Fucking Brady. I mean, safety, 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 like, ripping ass. Like a lethal amount of farts, like out of nowhere. It's like, wow, we definitely caught something on ridiculous. Yeah. All right, I'll give the intro, then Brady will give it next time, and then Kyle, you have to give it. And we're going to take turns. All right. What is the intro? I can give it today. All right. The yeah, intro yeah. is Welcome to the Seance Sunday podcast, where we talk about all things creepy, cryptid, horrible, terrifying, and awesome. 
and I also have a good time. Or, you know, add whatever tag you want at the end, but that's the main thing. Welcome to the Seance Sunday podcast, where we talk about all things creepy, cryptid, horrible, terrifying, and awesome. And then, you know, introduce It sounds everybody. like you just gave it, so I think we'll just go with that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it, it's fine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Welcome to the Seance Sunday podcast, where we talk about all things cryptid, creepy, and terrifying. Today's sponsor is Zen. Not really. I wish. So if you want to throw me some Zennies this way, boys, come on down. Or just send him right. the barcodes because he likes to get the rewards. Yeah. Or send me the, oh, yeah, Brady, do you do the barcode rewards? There you go, buddy. No, you can have it. Clip All right. It. Just take a, take a picture of it and send it to me. Never. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, on this week's episode, we are a bi-weekly episode so you know every two weeks you'll get a new episode from us and this week we are covering pearl the movie pearl starring mia goth and the movie x also starring mia goth and uh i forgot the other actress's name there's you know there's more actresses than just mia goth Brittany but... snow Brittany snow i think kid cuddy's in that movie is he I'm pretty sure that's kid cuddy yeah i'm almost <laughs> positive that's cuddy man in the chair look it up because i only remember mia goth it's written by Ty West. <clears throat> Anyways, we're going to cover these movies and give our own personal opinions, insights on them, how we felt about them, what we liked about them, what we didn't like about them, and if we think it's a good watch, and you guys should definitely go check it out or not if it's worth your time. So, spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen these movies, you know, spoiler warning. Uh, if you haven't, I mean, still good to listen, see if it's something you're interested in. Anyways, so we're going to start with X, is what we agreed with, which was the first movie that came out, <clears throat> and it's kind of like the prequel to Pearl, and yeah, take it from there. Who wants to talk about it first? Give their thoughts about it. And here you Ray, do you want to kick it off? Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's kick it off with X. So, as Manny said, would it technically be the sequel to Pearl, or would it be the prequel? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the sequel. I'm sorry about that. But it just came so out X before Pearl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based in, I think it was like 1980s, like um, early or late 1980s. 1979 is like the opening title credit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, X is the sequel to Pearl, as we said. Uh, the basis of it is just a young group of men and women that want to make early stages of pornography is what they're doing, basically. <laughs> homemade uh, pornography. That's ex specifically homemade. what they want, you know, video, straight-to-video pornography that people could have yep. in their home. Homemade, very cinematic and, like, deep pornography <laughs> of the guy that has the long hair that really wants to film it, so. Yeah. Um, out of the two, I do think that X is the lesser, um, being a sequel, it had, it kind of like finished up some of the other things. It was cool to see some of, uh, some of the characters from Pearl, like you said, you got Pearl and you got her husband and you get to see what happens after the, after actually Pearl concludes. Um, basically it's a really like, it's a really, uh, not very deep, just horror slasher classic film is what it is. It's kind of cool to see that cause you don't see it nowadays a lot. Um, usually it's something that has to be like a big jump scare or some sort of like twist on it, but this is just a very like basic horror classic slasher is all it is. 
of a woman that never got to see or do anything she actually wanted in life. So she likes to kill and watch people have sex. That's what yeah. she likes to do. So. It's a, yeah, it's a pretty good synopsis of the movie right there. <laughs> it's Pearl, the old yeah. lady. And, I mean, I, I guess we could dive in or how I thought. I mean, for the most part, yeah, all the, the gratuitous amounts of, like, sex and stuff I didn't really care for. Not to sound prudish, but this is not my cup of tea. Um, I thought it was excessive and there wasn't a whole lot of substance to it other than just to, I guess, be, you know, visually graphic with sex. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I will say a uh, big shout out. It basically showed how Airbnb, Airbnb started, to be honest. <laughs> like you used to call around and just be like, hey, can we use your barn for a select amount of days? And that's what happened. And guess what? If you do that, you're probably going to get murdered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> That or you know um, someone's gonna film a film a porno in in your in your house, so you know. yeah. Um, well, kind of weigh that out. I will take away. Yeah, some of the things I'll kind of take away. So did Mia Goth? She played what was her name? Her name is Maxine in yeah. X. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess uh, did she also play old woman Pearl as well? I think she did. I'm almost positive she did. I know she just Wait, had like makeup on, and it was actually yeah, Mia she Goth in makeup. Uh, yeah. I think it was Mia Goth, both Pearl and Maxine in that movie. So, and Maxine, it was kind of a good parallel to see that she kind of wanted the same things Pearl wanted, just in like a more, I guess, excessive way. She was willing to go like the pornography route to like get her fame and be who she wanted to be and get in the big in front of the big screen in the early stages of pornography. So, I thought that was a cool parallel to look at in the movie. Yeah. Um, Brittany Snow, the lady with the blonde hair, which is from, she's from Pitch Perfect and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, she definitely played like the go-go blonde girl in that movie. Any classic horror slasher has one, you know, just yeah. the kind of dumbfounded one that usually gets <clears throat> killed in a really uh-huh. funny way, which she kind of did. Yeah. Eaten by an alligator. Um, yeah. And then Kid Cudi, I was actually kind of sad to see his character die the way he did. Um, I, know. I really thought he was going to go out more of a hero, but it kind of sucks. He just got blown away. I know. Like insanely just... I know what kind of man you are. Bow! Like, damn! Ooh. All right. And one of the ooh, the most cringy, cringy parts of almost that entire movie is when, uh, what is what was the white guy's name in that one? Um, the guy who's like the director. I can't remember his actual name in the movie. Oh, the writer. Uh, yeah. Was Wayne it Wayne? Really. Yeah, it was Wayne, Wayne something, yeah. yeah. When he goes to step on the rusty nail, man, oh, it just sends shivers through my spine. Yeah, it just that goes w- deep ooh. into his foot. That was so normal. when I was a kid. <laughs> I wasn't exp- like whenever the setup was happening for that I was watching it with my wife and when the setup I was like he's not going to step on it it's just to build tension something else is going to happen and then sure enough he stepped on it I was like oh no because <laughs> they, they always the noise it makes just like, <laughs> oh, no. speaking of like noises and I guess the sound design in the movie itself I mean I thought it was interesting how they used um, sounds from like when they're filming the actual like scenes in the barn and in like the house or whatever that they use that as scoring to score the, the movie because throughout the movie you have themes of like uh, it's like women moaning and stuff or you know mm-hmm. and they use that and blend those samples or those sounds in with the score and like to build tension or to build atmosphere which is I, I thought was unique in that aspect for that aspect alone because you have like these huge like reverbs and echoes that come in they obviously when they're transitioning from one scene to another when they're in the throes of whatever ecstasy and the the 
voices are really raised and loud and they have do that kind of classic thing where it echoes and it kind of leads into the next scene or it fades into the next scene. But they use that in a I feel like they use that in a creative way, not just gratuitously or excessively or, you know, stupidly. <clears throat> yeah, no, yeah, I, I agree. They use I mean, yeah, the scoring was pretty good in the movie. That's what I'll say is one of the better parts of the movie was the scoring. Um film shot setup was pretty cool too. Um, to be very honest. I like all the setups they had. Um, like I said, just a classic or slasher, like slasher like, movie. It was just really classic. It was very simple. Um, if I didn't watch Pearl, I might have a different view on it. It might be a little bit better to me. But now that I know what happens in Pearl, I definitely like Pearl better. And I think they could have really taken away from that movie better. In yeah. A, in a way. But, you know. Yeah. What was your take on it, Kyle? I I was not a fan of X. I thought it was a... I don't know. It just... it was wasn't that good of a movie like it was just so much porn <laughs> so much i felt like they could have uh we, we were talking about that earlier the uh quoting ted johnny there's so much, so much porn, porn. <laughs> <laughs> that's all i was, I was like oh it's, it was gratuitous as fuck so much and I was not excited to watch Pearl because of it. I thought, man, it's just going to be the same thing. Just people just trying to get people to watch the movie. But Pearl, there was, it was so good. So much character development. I felt like we missed out on a lot of really good character development. Yeah. You sort of had a little bit with the, uh, the Maxine, who was the, not Maxine. You had a little bit of character development with, who was the guy who was the, uh, Owen Campbell played RJ, and then... Yeah, RJ is the guy with the glasses and the long hair who records. He's the... Yeah, and then Lorraine. You had a little bit of character building there where, like, you see that tension where she's... What did Wayne call her? Uh, Church mouse? Yeah. And, like, really building on, like, how shy she is. And And then she goes, and she, like, wants to participate, and then you have the regret of her participating. And then for RJ, he's, like, all about the film... And then all of a sudden there's a shift and he's like, this, I'm not okay with this. And then he gets okay with sort of with, with filming. And then afterwards he's just like totally distraught. So there was a little bit of character arc there. I don't know that I felt any character arc with Wayne, uh, Maxine, Howard, like none of them, none of these guys that I, that I felt was there any, any character development. Kinda, yeah. There was a, there was a, I like the score, what you said about the score. And then, there was some camera angles and like the way, like particularly with the two intros, both X and Pearl open the same way. I think that X, whenever it opens, the barn doors are just open. Yeah. And you see the camera pan into the crime scene. <clears throat> Whereas in Pearl, they're closed. The barn doors are closed. And so I thought that was cool because a lot of what I, I think about the two movies and how they play together, I think it's all just, a story of narcissism. I think that's I think like ultimately the story what of is. what's, what's yeah. happening. Narcissism. Yeah. And like, because the, go ahead, go on, sorry, go ahead, finish your thought. Yeah. I mean, all, all, uh, I didn't, I did not know that old woman Pearl in X was played by Maxine. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, yeah. I call yeah, sorry. Yeah. Mia. Mia goth played both Maxine and Pearl, Which, old lady Pearl in X. I didn't know that, but I know I knew that she played a uh, young Pearl, mm-hmm. which I think is perfect because ultimately, again, 
I think it's just about narcissism. She's an ex when old woman Pearl sees Maxine. The reason why she's in love with her is because ultimately she is in love with herself. She is so self-absorbed. And the reason why I hammered X about character development is I felt that Pearl and Pearl in the movie Pearl was so well developed. Like she starts off as like mildly crazy and you can see that build and you can really feel that regret and like that six minute monologue where she's talking with her husband's uh, sister. Yeah, and she's we'll, having like that confession. We'll save that for Pearl. Okay. Yeah. 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 But no, so, no, I'm sorry to interrupt anyway, you, but yeah, we guys, I guess we we can switch. Just to jump, just to jump into that real quick, though, I will say. So what I kind of like had to take grips with is the fact that this wasn't a movie technically about a woman not getting what she always wanted and willing to drop her like morality to like get there. This is this is a film about a psychopathic serial killer. That's what it's about. Ultimately, yeah. like once you get to the end of the X. It is about Pearl being a serial killer. Like that's the basis of the entire movie. That's the only thing that really carries over is the fact that she is a serial killer. And since she couldn't get what she wanted, she continued to kill people. Because in X, like you hear uh, Howard at the end, her husband say that they've been doing this for a while. Like there's more groups of people that will come through and stuff like that until, you know, the demise. And uh, uh, Lorraine, church mouse, she finds that person strung up in their basement. And that, you know, obviously when Howard locks her in the basement – I guess to talk about Lorraine, what's her? What's the actress's name? I know she's pretty popular now. Um, Jenna Ortega. Ortega. Yeah, Jenna Ortega. Yeah. Ortega. yeah. Um, her character development. She's because I feel like she did have a little bit of character development. It wasn't like profound or anything like that. But what I did see is she came into the whole experience, like I said, very quiet, reserved, uh, conservative, kind of like didn't really agree with what they were doing. And, you know, prudish in a way, you know, RJ, her supposed boyfriend in the movie, uh, can, you know, says like, well, I didn't realize you were such a prude <clears throat> because she's like, I don't know about this. It, it seems kind of wrong. Like it doesn't something doesn't sit right with her. But then after they're he, done shooting the scene in the barn and it's later that night where they're all kind of sitting in together talking and she goes into like this thing. It's like, I don't understand. How can you? do something like that and say you love a different person, but you're able to sleep with somebody else so freely. And it's like, well, it's not about who you, you know, you fuck. It's about who you love and you can choose who you love and anybody can fuck. <clears throat> yeah. RJ kind of set himself up for failure on that one. Like, I know. He like, wanted to, he wanted to walk the line of being like there for the cinematic purposes and getting to like the movie to have a lot of depth. And in all reality, he just pushed, you know, she, he pushed her into it, and she was okay with it, and he wasn't at the end. I know. He and was, that's where he wanted her to be at on that line with him, and she wasn't willing to do that. She was willing to drop her morality to gain the stardom in that film because she listened to what he said, and now he kind of regretted what he said. So, yeah, I, like, I think that's kind of, I guess, where, where he thought. I mean, I mean, when he pulls Wayne aside and they have, like, the little conversation, she's a good – he says, she's a good girl. She's a decent girl. And what does Wayne say? He's like, there are no good girls. Mm-hmm. It's like, damn. That's like hard. It's like you brought her who into this. Who hurt you? I know, like straight up, like who hurt you, Wayne? Like, damn, that was, that was pretty brutal, pretty dark. But, you know. I'll say you, he had the least amount of character development in, t- in the entire movie, man. He just, there was nothing. He did nothing. It who? Helped in no manner. Who, Wayne? Uh, 
Yeah, he just wasn't. Yeah, no, he, was he was there, there. For whatever. I thought it was hilarious after he shoot the first thing, scene, though, where the, like he's talking to RJ. He's like, did you see that in there? That was crazy. People are going to pay millions to see this stuff. Feel how hard my cock is right now. And then RJ just grabs him <laughs> yeah. by the dick. It's like, hey, no, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne grabs his hand and forces him to touch him. Oh, does he? He just like impulse. He's just like, feel how hard my cock is. Guess, yeah. <laughs> but the fact that RJ kept his hand there, it's like, <laughs> yo. What the f- <laughs> Which I thought was funny. That it did have some laughable moments in it. I'll give it that. Um so like that scene, some of Wayne's dialogue is pretty funny. Um and then oh god, what what's the uh the male porn star's name? I forgot his name. Oh. It's Kid Cuddy, yeah, what's apparently. Ja- yeah. Jackson. Jackson, yeah. yeah. The part where he talks about him being in the military <laughs> and being in the military and <laughs> oh, he moved right as you moved. But I thought it was... Yeah, my son's running underneath the bed right now. He's hiding. He doesn't want to go to bed. Oh, poor little guy. Right. Yeah, this is a perfect conversation to have a toddler. <laughs> 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 but anyways, uh, how he had... I guess a similarity with Howard. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey buddy. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> it's my godson. Yeah, so I'll I'll say that too. Yeah, he had the simula- similarities with Howard. Um, but the just the way that he got killed was just kind of lackluster. I really thought he was going to be a little bit more of a hard ass in the movie. I know, like, like kind of overpower Howard. That's what I thought but, too. Like he was going to kind of be like the hero kind of. Because he was just set up for that, like he was kind of hardened, and even though, like, I guess what he was doing was not exactly ethical in a way, you know, being a porn star, depending on what your ethics are on that. Uh, I mean, he still had a sense of honor that he was trying to keep. I mean, he didn't have to help Howard at all. He could have been like, "No, fuck off, old man." Like, I don't give a shit about your wife. <laughs> the fact that he shows up to the door naked. When Howard's coming out to like mm-hmm. investigate, I'm like, hey, yo. And they, they, mm-hmm. they slightly hint at like the size of his penis because you have like just a little bit of shadow. <laughs> well, my problem is everybody's just putting on skivvies to go walk outside. Y'all are fucking nuts, man. We're going outside. I'm putting like some shorts, a shirt, and some goddamn shoes on. Everybody's I know. Just like throw on a pair of whitey tighties and walk outside barefoot. And, Who cares? No, nah, <laughs> I know. Nah, I'm, I go all butt ass naked. And the reason is because if there is somebody out there, they're gonna be scared as hell to to be run. You see a bald naked man running with a with a weapon. Nah, nah, they ain't fucking with that. <laughs> well, dude, think about it. Like, ankle. <laughs> think about the the place that this is set in. This is set in somewhere in rural rural Texas because they're yeah. in Houston, Texas. Like they leave from Houston, Texas from the strip club at the beginning of the movie. And they, I don't know. It doesn't say exactly where they go, but it does hint to the name of the ranch in Pearl, uh, which is Powder Keg Farms. That's mm-hmm. the place to go. I don't know. You can Google that, see if that's a real place or where, what area of Texas that might be. But yeah, like you said, Brady, they're just going out in their freaking underwear and stuff out in the middle of the, on a farm in Texas. That's asking for freaking hepatitis or tetanus. Yeah. Like I'm when he steps on the pops on or something, man, something's going to get on my feet if I'm going outside. <laughs> Oh, but God. yeah. Now, I guess yeah, I think, uh, there was there was a lot of missed opportunities. I think from like 
like parallels from Pearl to X. I think there was a lot of missed opportunities. Um, I think if they go back, they'd probably do it some way different. Yeah. I did since we're on the since we're on the aspect of uh, Cuddy's character. I do like how Brittany Snow definitely like hurt his pride when she was like, "Honey, I don't need you here to like do this." Because he was all like big man. He's like. Yeah, I did it good and stuff like that. She's like, no, I can make these noises anytime I want. I don't really yeah. need you here, which I thought it's the only character development she had whatsoever. Um, but I thought <laughs> it was kind of strong to like hurt his pride in a manner. But I know you can see him. He's like, oh, I'm not the man. I wasn't giving it to you that good. <laughs> oh, poor little man doesn't want to go to bed. Yeah, <laughs> which I thought was I thought was funny, but you know it's. It's pornography. It's essentially, essentially, yeah. you know, n- nymphomaniacs. <laughs> oh yeah, <clears throat> and that's what Wayne was just crazed about. That um, that's all he really cared about was making money through these films. Uh, um, I will. So if somebody wants to clarify this for me, how did he die? Did she stab him with the pitchfork through the eye, or did she shoot him? Uh, that's what I want to know. I I couldn't catch on to it. I rewound it, and I still couldn't understand. No, nah, it was she, a pitchfork. Yeah, pitchfork, right through his head, right through the eye holes when he was peeking through the thing. The the holes yeah. in the barn just straight through there. How did she get one prong of the pitchfork through there? That's what I want to know. Or it was like multiple. There's there was multiple holes because remember he like shifts his 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 sight. Yeah, and yeah. then you see it clear. And then she must have just been that good and was able to I, string all three prongs right through. And then it was a, a bottom shot and it went right through his eye. Not a professional serial killer. She is a like professional for guy. for an old lady. Like, damn, Pearl's got some precision. I have to give her props for that. Mm-hmm. She's creepy as shit when she lays in bed with Mia Goff and is like, you know, caressing oh. her and stuff. Like, oh, did, did, the worst. That that scene made my skin crawl, dude. I was like, oh god. Like, <laughs> you see the like stained blood as it's as she's like caressing her body and it, you oh. know rubs it on her and everything. Oh god, it that scene alone is traumatic. <laughs> Just thought of something. Just yeah. thought of something. The after after Mia Goth kills after Pearl, young Pearl mm-hmm. kills. Is it Maxine? She's covered in blood, and she's over there petting all of the the animals. So she was covered in blood, petting petting those animals, mm-hmm. and then she was also covered in blood, petting, petting her Maxine, her new yeah. favorite audience. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, it's because it's because old Pearl she reminded uh, Maxine reminded her a lot of herself, herself when she, when was, she young. was younger. Yeah, and you can even see she when they go jealous in. that she had the yeah yeah she, she was jealous she had like the gusto to do something like this and make a name for herself. So mm-hmm. let's drag off. Which yeah. I feel like there is a theme throughout. I guess X where the you know they have scenes of like the 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 preacher on TV preaching a message to a congregation. And the the big twist at the end, it's like he brings up, he's like, my my daughter Maxine's been missing for the past, you know, two years or something like that. And you find out, it's like, oh, shit, it's Maxine. Like, that's his daughter who's just gone through this terrible fucking thing. And they're looking she, for She her. makes it out, too. She yeah, makes she, it out of their life. The only yeah, one. she survived. She's the only one that survives, which I think, I'm like, wow, okay, I didn't see that coming. That's an interesting twist, I guess. If you want to call and it a she twist. double tapped her ass too. Smartest move in the fucking books, man. Straight double up. tap somebody. Ran over her head, got it out the way. Dude, for yeah, so when, what is the, the opening? What is at the ending? Whenever she she's driving away in X. What happens after she drives away? That's it. 
that's it. There's just, there's no other imagery. The old lady's head just gets the hell out of there, yeah. and then uh, it 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 comes back to the current daytime when uh, the cops have found the body in the. Uh, oh yeah, the film's playing, mm-hmm. which oh, I thought was kind of right. lackluster too. The cop thing I thought was gonna be a lot deeper, but it wasn't because when it when the film first opened up, I thought it was gonna be the scene from the end of Pearl, but it wasn't. It was the whole new scene from X, which I was a little confused on until the end of the movie. So yeah, and that's something we can touch on about Pearl because. You know, the people that Pearl kills when she's young, you never figure out how she gets away with that because she does some pretty terrible stuff and murders a couple people. It's like, I don't know how she never got caught. Theta the crocodile. That's how she got away with it. Or the alligator. That's how she got away. Theta. It's still crazy. Do we want to go into talking about Pearl now? Because I think that would be a... Because I'm wanting to talk about that too. Before we do that, can we just, I guess... Because this is a slasher movie, we have to rate like our favorite, most yeah. creative kills in it. What we, you know, what our mm-hmm. favorite ones were, and what the worst ones were. I'm gonna say my most, the most satisfying, which would be my, I guess, me saying my favorite, is Jenna Ortega when she gets all pissed off after Maxine lets her out of the cellar. He's like, "I hate you! <laughs> I hate all of you!" And she goes sprinting out the door and just gets blown away. <laughs> it's like that's what you get for being a dumb, freaking. To me, it was like, you freaking deserve that because, like, you overreacted. Like, you were free. You could have worked with Maxine to, like, formulate a plan to you both get out of there alive. But you were so riled up and couldn't think clearly. You're like, I hate all of you. Sound like a you know, freaking teenager and runs away and then gets blown away. I'm like, you well, deserve that well, for being on, stupid. Hang on. Hang on. Let me, let me give, <laughs> what was her name, Lorraine? Yeah, let Lorraine. Let me give Lorraine a little, a little bit of props here. Think about it from, you know, even if you are, you know, be, you know, acting like a teenager. What all had happened to that point in the scene? She had felt like she had ruined her relationship and she because she was crying about that nonsense. And then she's in the cellar, sees a dead body. I don't know if she saw the dead body before or after getting her hand brutally a fucking smashed. That's a tough oh, scene, yeah. too, because it hurt my hand when it happened. Like, <laughs> it's like crushed. You look like she's missing several fingers. I'm pretty sure it yeah. broke the her uh, wrist. Uh, yeah. Her wrist. And and then what happens? She's stuck in there again. She thinks she's going to die in there. And then she's finally let out. And who does she see? She sees the person that she thinks convinces her of having ruined. Like, she's just mad. She's having a bad day. She's just wanting out of the farm. And she just sprints out. Granted, dumb decision. She should have been smarter. But I don't know how well I would think in a situation in which I just had my hand smashed in. I'm trapped in a cellar. There's dead bodies. No one's coming to get me. I don't know. I, I guess, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can see that. Okay, that that does make sense. But it was just the way that they went about it. Like, I guess just her her visceral reaction that she had is understandable. But in my own logical brain, like, I would just be relieved that I'm out and, like, I'm away from, like, I'm out of one being locked in a cellar. I'm now out. I can be free. And I'd, immediately, even though I would, I think, you know, we can all speculate what we think we might do in this situation but i'm like you know what you, you have because maxine she had the gun just like well you have a gun we he's like we can find the keys we can survive like i'm thinking about survival not freaking being you know dramatic and be like i hate everybody you guys are terrible i'm gonna run away now bam 
Well, a lot of criticism I hear of people when they're watching these types of horror movies is like, why do they just stand around and not just run, run away, get away from the farm? That's exactly what she does. And so I almost wonder if the director and the writer were thinking about that. Like, how about we just have a character that actually just runs, runs away from away. the farm? And, and then, then she just met with a shotgun. And, you know, and like what I want to know this because. This happens very – this scene happens very quickly after Maxine gets away from freaking Pearl and Howard fucking on that bed. How did the fuck did those old people get back up to the house so fast? Because this happens really? in all of like maybe not even 10 minutes. Maxine crawls out from under the bed, escapes from that little freaking shack that they're in, makes her way up to the house, then then finds uh, Lorraine, lets her free – I mean – what did she go to the house for? She went to the house for the keys, right? She yeah, to find the keys. keys to the truck. So presumably she was she was looking, you know, all in the uh, – she would have left and she would have, like, looked around for the keys, realized that her vehicle wasn't there. I don't know where the van was. Did did the van get moved? Was the van was not running? No. Yeah, she she searches the van, but she can't find it. She Whenever she goes to look for the – excuse me, looks for the keys in the van – she finds the gun instead, so she takes the gun because she can't find the keys. She's like, well, there's a truck. I can find the keys to the truck if I can't find the keys to the van. And then I think she also stumbles upon RJ, and he's dead. You know, he's all freaking hacked up and shit. Anyway, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. plenty of time for, for old people to, to mosey the, on up But to these that. are old, old people from the events of Pearl, which happened in 1918 to 1979. They're old people, and they're very... Very much so. Like, they hobble everywhere. It's like, how the hell did they have sex? Old people, old people sex, and then immediately <laughs> be able to, like, all right, we're done now. Let's go back over to the house. How did they get there so fast? It took them so long to get Listen, to that shack. I want to know how his heart could. Two pumps in. <laughs> so I'm probably all he had is about two pumps. He's like, no, they're fucking. Let's get the hell out they of here. Blasting they were plowing, it. dude. Like, ugh. But he's they, killed all these people. He's had that much, and he goes. He has sex, and his heart withstands it. That the crazy sex they had. He gets up to the uh, to that. Is that my? That's my son. He wants to come in. Oh, poor buddy. Yeah, poor guy. Um, has all that sex. Wants to. Uh, he's dragging away a body. She gasps, and it gives him a heart attack. Like, how many people has this guy killed? How many know. people has this guy killed? That that a small gasp from someone he thought was dead gives him a heart attack. I think he'd been having a heart attack since they started making love, to be honest. (laughs) It was just like his heart was already given out, and he's like, I got enough. I can make it back to the house. And then just that one thing tipped him over the edge. He had the adrenaline to, like, get a good 15-second pump in. They just sprinted over the house enough (laughs) time to shoot old girl. He's like, oh, that's it. That's all the heart had. (laughs) Anyways, going back to the kills, that was my, I guess, my favorite kill because it was just like, it was dumb and like, you know what? What did you get for being stupid and not using your head? I don't know. That's just me being the way I am and thinking that way. It's like, that's what you get? Being stupid. Well, what's your least satisfying? My least satisfying one would have had to been Howard. No, not Howard. Uh, Wayne. Wayne. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, because once again, he's freaking walking around in the middle of this farm in his underwear. It's like, you're stupid. You're exposing yourself to everything now. So you deserve to get, you know, you deserve to step on that nail too because you were stupid enough and couldn't put some fucking shoes on when you go walking around a farm at night. 
Like, what the fuck do you think is going to happen? <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's the good old city slicker. I yeah. guess. Fucking people from Houston, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real moral yeah. of the story. People from Houston. They got off from LaPorte. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, Kyle, Houston's... what's what's yours, man? What's your most satisfying and your least satisfying? Uh, I would have to agree that the least satisfying is probably Wayne. Close second to least satisfying was Jackson. Um, I kind of like, you know, it was, it was good. You know, a good surprise shotgun never, never fails. Uh, the most creative, the most satisfying probably was RJ. He's coming out. Nothing's happened yet, right? No murders. He's coming out. He just sees an old lady. He's like, hey, hey come on, let's get you back inside. And, the, you know, when she's like killing him and it's just going everywhere, there's blood everywhere. The scene turns red. There's enough blood to cover the lights. I like the way that they 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 made the scene, and then all of a sudden she's dancing again. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. dancing. Good parallel to the to Pearl, but um, yeah. So RJ was your favorite? I yeah, probably as far as most creative. Yeah, creative wise. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Brady? Well, I'll say I definitely think Jackson was the least satisfying just because, you know, all the buildup of him being a Marine and stuff like that. I thought he was going to, you know, go tooth the nail. Instead, he just gets point blank blasted after help, trying to help old man. I really thought he was going to get got by the alligator, too. That's what I, I thought. thought that was coming. He was in the water and everything. Again, barefoot, skivvies on, just walking around in a lake, <laughs> leeches everywhere, alligators. Who knows what's in there? But he just gets blasted. I know. He even goes into um, the water at one point. It's like, yeah. <clears throat> Good lord, man! You brave, man. There's enough. Hey, there was enough skin on the the lower regiments for a couple leeches to latch on, brother. <laughs> from what I saw in that silhouette, but, uh, I, I think the most satisfying was probably Pearl, just because the first the the why it's so satisfying is the fact that Mia Goss, Maxine character, was able to dodge a shotgun shot from like fifteen, like just went bam, uh, yeah. <laughs> it goes flying out the fucking window, just two two. Yeah, yeah, through the door, then, breaks her hip, and then she's. She's trying to get like some like sympathy. She's like, I broke my hip. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> blast her head open. I was like, yes, this is a perfect ending. Gore wise. Yeah, that's yeah. that's probably my two. Okay. Solid. All right. Well, good. I feel like we've wrapped up and set all of our pieces on X. Now we can move to Pearl, which is the prequel to X. Um, I guess someone wanna give a brief synopsis or summary of it? Here it, Kyle. All right. Uh, summary. You have Pearl, who's stuck at a farm. Uh, they're German Catholics. They're, they talk about how they're, they're already sort of isolated from the rest of the community. You have the Spanish flu going around. Nobody likes them because they're Germans, and it's currently set in World War I. Pearl had recently married a young man from a affluent family where he decided he wanted to leave that uh, family and, and come stay on the farm, which was very upsetting to Pearl. But he volunteers to go to World War I, and they hint in the, the film that that the family could have paid a doctor to get him out of service, and he chose not to. He chose to... Strangely honorable for a man who stays around to hang out with Pearl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And then the the whole story is just sort of uh, her finding herself. You you really see her narcissism and her character develop from 
just being generally frustrated with her her current situation of being stuck at the farm. It develops through her trying to find a way off of the farm and away from her overprotective uh, parents. Well, it's her mom who's overprotective. Her dad's in a wheelchair, presumably from a, a disease prior. I, I don't know if it's polio or, or what what it was that got him. Um, and they yeah, never they, they never really like yeah they never, yeah, they never specify what the disease or virus or sickness is that's going around. Which yeah, it's I, the Spanish flu. It's on the it's on the newspaper. Oh, it is. Okay, okay. I didn't I didn't notice that detail. Hmm. Yeah, it's so. on the newspapers. It's the Spanish flu, but they don't they they there's several scenes where they hint at the fact that the father did get sick with a virus. Yeah, uh, of some type. I don't think they knew what viruses were back then, but anyway, um, where he gotten sick with something and that that's why he was in the wheelchair. I only suggested polio because I know that that polio is, is uh, like that, that debilitating. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the the full path of polio though leads you into the iron lung. Like you just don't have any. So I don't know if that's what it was. Um, but anyway, the the mom's super overprotective, and all Pearl wants is to get off the farm. Part of this, she has a lot of sexual frustration. She fucks a scarecrow um, because she <laughs> just she met said a, she's married. Yeah, oh, yeah, she she's yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's something then married women do. At, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I don't know. That, that's basically it's a character development, and then she uh, ends up killing everyone who sees her for who she really is, and, and sees how crazy she is. Uh, she kills them all, <clears throat> and Howard comes home from the war to catch her having a dinner with her dead family. Mm-hmm. And that that's it. She the, the ending credits is her just smiling awkwardly at Howard as he's specifically horrified. Yeah. Hey, Specific- let's go ahead and talk about that. The fact that she smiled like that painstakingly for at like, least like it it had like been two like or three, three minutes. Years. Like yeah. yeah, I thought it was longer than that. Just like held it wasn't a loop or anything. She just I know it felt long. And time. what I thought was really cool, like I guess this lends to Mia Goss character. I know a lot of it was just like physical strain to hold the smile that long, but you see like the fake smile she puts on whenever she sees Howard, the first smile, you see her first smile with like her face, her teeth, and then you see her smile with her eyes, and then you see her strain to keep her eyes smiling, and then her strain to keep her mouth smiling because she closes her mouth a couple times. And she almost doesn't blink maybe twice. Yeah, not and a lot. yeah, and she holds that for such a long time, and so you see her face kind of go through all this emotion and this contortion of trying to force this smile and I guess all the things that she's struggling with internally because she's like her whole thing's like I have to make it right I need to make it right I can I can set this right so her obsession with being perfect yeah it it that by itself that scene was like I was like it's creepy as hell but like also really interesting at the same time because you can watch someone struggle through all this emotion just through their eyes which is really interesting you know and she ends I mean, up eventually crying I don't know if it's because her eyes are drying out or she's genuinely like crying because she's kind of like crazy now <laughs> yeah. I like how Howard was just like alright fuck it this is us now leading up to the X like, <laughs> he completely yeah killing fat. <laughs> man. I was like I want to know cool. like what a faithful motherfucker, right? Like straight <laughs> like, up. Right, slide the bodies and let's do what we got to do. And I wonder what she said to him after that to get him to stay because I'm telling you, if I fucking came home, my old lady, 
had dead bodies at the freaking kitchen table for dinner, I'll be like, I'm out ski. You're yeah. going to jail. Well, there's a morality contract in marriage. <laughs> I think this is it. I know, right? Well, there, there's no telling what he saw in World War One. Maybe he had, he had seen enough to where the thought of being with a serial killer at home wasn't that bad. I don't know. You know, that's an interesting concept. Like being in World War One. What did he do in World War One? Too. Like maybe he ended up killing a bunch of people. That's why he was so, I guess, not a affected by it i mean he's obviously traumatized to see like you know his in-laws and the scene that when he gets home he wasn't expecting that he was expecting to see you know his family and be happy and he still doesn't know that his sister is dead yet so yeah i don't think he ever did know that because she got rid of that body real quick chopped her ass up and got rid of her so quick (laughs) the alligator came right back in but she had him on a call or the man or woman alligator. i don't know what you want to know she's like it was it was a girl yeah i think it was a female yeah, because that's a good. Yeah, she finds the clutch of eggs like the alligator's nest, so I'm assuming it's a female alligator. Mm-hmm. That was a weird part too. She just crushed that alligator. Egg. I don't know why. I Something f- about she like could like talk to animals or some shit because the cow was like, "Nah, fuck this shit. Get this baby alligator out of here." She just goes, <laughs> "No, I think it, that was a symbolism, like a, a moment, like that was symbolizing something. Like she held this egg. What does the egg represent? Like life, you know, a new life." Uh, and then she's thinking about Howard, about, you know, her husband, like the life she was supposed to have with him and, you know, him coming up the driveway waving. And then he explodes all of a sudden because she breaks this egg. She's like, you know what? I'm giving up that dream or this version of what my life can be like. I'm not settling with this anymore because, you know, she hasn't heard from her husband and I'm assuming months <laughs> since the last time she got a letter from him. So she destroys this egg, and that's her in her own subconscious, like breaking that, I guess, part of her life or her tie to reality and being like, no, I'm done with this. Like, I'm starting new. Like, what do you think, Kyle? I I think that is an excellent, an excellent description of what she's doing. She's she's breaking the, the connection of life to Howard. She doesn't want to be on the farm anymore. She absolutely wants to throw it away and give it up. Um. I also think there's a little bit of a tie-in with uh, the premature birth or the tre- premature death of uh, of her first child. Right? Yeah. She mentions that she's pregnant and that she was so relieved. So in a similar way that she was relieved from the death of that child because she wasn't able to raise it. She's she's relieved by the fantas- fantasizing about Howard's death because then she's no longer tied to that and mm-hmm. she can move on. She can go to a new life and she won't be stuck on that farm anymore. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I think it's real good. I mean, yeah, this whole movie was just like, and I didn't really catch on to it till after I finished Pearl. Is the fact that this whole movie is just setting up to like, you know, a very restrictive like German Catholic mother, plus no husband around, sexual frustration leads into a woman <laughs> being a serial killer right off the bat. I know, he just kills that duck for no reason, just because he quacked or some shit. She's like, all right, <laughs> you're dead. Yeah, the, kills she the kills duck. the duck because the duck stole the spotlight. The duck threatened her ability oh, to be the center stage. The, the the that's what I was saying about the the opening of of both movies. Yeah. The opening of both movies. One, the doors are open, looking at the crime scene. I think that's X. Yeah. Well, that's that's the story of how she's already opened up to who she truly is. Right, the psychopathic person. Whereas in the opening of Pearl, it's closed. She's yeah. it's the opens. 
only as the the camera approaches, it's talking about the opening of her life. It's the opening of her story. Mm-hmm. And so the state, the 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 barn is the central uh, theme of both openings. And what does the barn represent? She says that those animals are her best audience. That barn is where she spent all of her life. She was always tending to the animals, feeding them. It's where she didn't want to be, but it was also the place of her her best audience. And so when she's giving her little little performance, and that duck, they squared the camera right on the duck. You have these big open doors, a gold like golden hay. Yeah. And it's just walking right up on it and it steals her spotlight in the middle of her show. Yeah, where and she's doing a little it, routine for her for the cow and the sheep. And you think about that yeah. when you that's interesting because she does refer to it those animals as her audience. They're a captive audience. They can't get out. They're in their pens. They can't go so they have no choice but to fucking be bystanders to her little crazy monologue and shit she does in her head. Where the goose obviously can go come and go as freely as he pleases. And she's like, How dare you step into my spotlight? This is my audience. They you know, this is for me. And he's like, Oh, I can come and go as I please. I'm a goose. <laughs> She's like, Fuck you. So she <laughs> and then feeds his ass to the the alligator. Yeah. Ugh. She has a weirdly close relationship with like I said, she has really weird relationships with the cow and the alligator. I know you kinda wonder it's like, like can can she talk to him? Is this like a doctor doolittle situation? Or what is this? I mean, she was she was she was out there, man. She's out in left field for sure. <laughs> Which, going back, I guess, to the opening scenes uh, of The Barn, I I really like the score in this movie. Like, from you know, f- front to back, end to end, it's scored almost, you know, on ev- almost in every scene. And the way it's scored, it's scored with a lot of, like, uplifting thing. Like, it's very kind of a happy thing, kind of magical, almost think, almost reminds me of like a Disney score or something. And, you know, that's how it starts. But then, you know, you do have like the the shift from this more magical, uplifting theme and it swells down into a more serious and dark at times when, you know, she's getting dark when she kills the goose. And I thought it was one thing that stuck out when right when she goes to kill the goose is like whenever she grabs the pitchfork, they actually they subtly added like the like the blade sound mm-hmm. in the score, which I was like, oh, that's neat. Like that was a, it's like a little piece of ear candy that I liked to have because they, they could have, they didn't that. have to add like that, but it was a musical kind of stinger, but very subtle. And it, and that's when that mood, the melody and everything changes to that darker tone with the reveal of the pitchfork. You know, it's like, you kind of know what she's going to do. She's going to fuck that goose up. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah I, will, I will say the score definitely kept some of the lull in the movie, like, uppity. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I think the only thing that I, the only thing I'm critical about on Pearl is the fact that it was kind of slow in a lot of moments where I kind of got a little bored in between. But the scoring definitely kept it up there, kept you in the moment and stuff like that, wanting to know what happens next. Um, and then another thing I wanted to touch on is, that, like, just the subtle – Subtle tendencies of what Pearl would do to her father that also led you to think she's going to be a serial killer. She would like pinch his hand while she was taking yeah. a bath. And that one time when she's like, just like getting all up into his trachea, like choking him <laughs> that one time. I was like, oh my God, like what kind of father was he before he got all sick? I know. Well, the thing is, like, it's an interesting relationship she has with her father because, you know, she like looks deep into his face and she's like, are you even in there? Are you still in there? So. 
in her mind, she's thinking like, is this really even my father anymore? Because he's been like just a shell of a man, of a person for, you know, they don't specify, but for a certain amount of time. And, you know, she's contemplating, is this still even a person? Is my father really even exist in there? Which, Good point. I didn't, I didn't think about this, but all the people that she reacts to, she's reacting to their to their facial expressions, right? Whenever the, the projectionist is like, oh, all right, I got to go now. You're crazy. Um, and she like lets it out that, that she's been lying the whole time. There's not a dog in the basement. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. And she says, but like, he goes she, cold on her. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Same thing happens with, was it Mitzi? What was her name? Uh, yeah, Mitzi. That's her sister-in-law. Howard's sister. Yeah. M- Misty. Misty. Mist. Mi- no, Mitzi. Yeah, Mitzi. Mitzi. Mm-hmm. Dyslexic, sorry. Um, so <laughs> when she's talking to her, same thing. She, there's this change in facial expression. She can read that body language. She even like screams at the projectionist saying, yeah, I feel things very deeply. Yeah. But you just pointed out that she has that strange relationship with the father. She never gets mad at her father, even yeah. though he's crying. You know, you could see, we can see the fear in his eyes, but he doesn't have enough motion to control any of that, that she can't read what he's thinking. So she doesn't know that he's in there. Whereas we as watchers can tell that he is in there because he is making facial expressions. Like with his eyes, so he's it, not making it with his with face, his with his eyes. Yeah. She, so she can't, she can't really feel that, that empathy I wonder for if that's him. A, and so, yeah, I wonder if that's a form of like her own, like, I guess, mental disability. Cause you know, she's psychotic in a way, you know, she's crazy. She's had this obsession with killing things. And so I wonder if, like, that's how she says, like, you know, things that couldn't hurt me back. It didn't, you know, it doesn't feel weird to me because, you know, they can't hurt me back. I don't, she doesn't see them as people or things. And then she said, obviously, when she kills her mother and uh, the projectionist, you know, that was different for her because I guess she could see the faces of them changing and going back to, you know, her father, she can't read his facial expression because he's like slack on one side. He's paralyzed. She can't read eyes. She can only read facial stuff. Yeah, and she was so only that, regretful of killing one person. It was her father because her father is the only person that could not talk back to her. He just listened because he had to. Yeah, he but that's could. the only person that she killed that she was regretful about. Even her mom. Her mom, she kind of have a little bit of regret just from like mother daughter type stuff because you know she laid in her arms after she burnt her and threw her ass down in the <laughs> cellar. Yeah. Um, but she laid in her arms after a little bit and just kind of like set her up and everything. And she just a huge amount of regret. And I think it stems off the fact that she had a miscarriage. So I'm thinking there might even be some postpartum like deep postpartum depression. There was nothing they could do about it except for take pills back then, that kind of stuff. Or you might be a witch. But I think it stems off of her losing that baby. I think that really. Uh, that really kind of stems into her psychosis about just wanting to be a serial killer and kill anything she talks to because she has yeah. a huge long monologue with uh, Mitzi, the sister, at the end. And yeah, she's like, "Oh, you're gonna leave? Nah, you're getting killed, bitch. You are getting <laughs> killed right now." <laughs> she says it several times. All she wants is to be loved. loved. Yeah, and so when when she kills mom, the only time she ever touches her mom in any sort of affectionate way is when she's dead. dead. It's sort yeah. of the captive audience idea. She can't run away. So now she can lay in her arms and she can put her dead corpse arm and she doesn't care. She doesn't, it's not that it's cold. It's that she can finally be loved without fear of that, of that thing running away. Yeah. It can't leave. And that's her big thing too, because she feels she married Howard. She wanted Howard to take her away from all this. She doesn't want to be on this farm. She wants to be free from this life. 
And what does he do? He leaves her. She feels abandoned. Because he too. goes he stays over there too, even though even though he could have came back. He stays yeah. over there. He chooses to stay. And I think she found that out for the first time when Mitzi told her in the barn when they're talking about like going to the dance audition. She's like, you know, my brother. He's like, my, you know, my mom and dad were so upset and tried to convince him, like, we could easily have pay for a doctor to write you a, a script saying you couldn't go. But, you know, him, he wanted to be defiant towards his father, which is a, an interesting take to, you know, defiance of the father in a way. Howard's defiance of his father. I guess he didn't want to do what his father wanted him to do. So he's like, fuck you, dad. I'm going to go work on a farm. I don't want to be you know, part of this wealthy family and live this comfortable life. I want to do the opposite of that. And it's basically like, screw you, dad. I hate you, dad. Mm -hmm. But she just had so much regret for everything. Like she just thought she could fix any sort of manner. Like the psychosis was real. Like she just thought she could fix it. As long as I set him up for dinner, we're good to go. I know. Right. Like I can put everything back together how it was and it's going to be good. Which is, yeah, I guess it, you know, it really shows like the break of her, like her psyche and her, you know, sever, severing her conscience to what she really did. You know, like you pretty much killed your family and here you are now trying to justify, I can make everything right. I didn't really mean any of that. I can recover from this. I can be, and she says, I can be anything you want me to be. I, I'll love you, whatever. I just want to be loved. Part like her monologue at the end where she's confessing everything to Mincy did make me feel for her as a person though, because I'm like, damn. What? Yeah, like I feel because I felt like she she because at first she doesn't want to talk to Mincy. She doesn't want to express her innermost feelings. But she ends up, you know, doing that and it humanizes her a lot because you realize, okay, well, we all kind of have some of these feelings, even though we don't fucking act on them because we're not that corrupted in that way i thought it showed precisely how inhuman humane she was i thought the exact opposite in I what thought way that, that she starts it off and, and, and yeah she she says uh i don't i don't know if i feel okay about talking about this she gives like one maybe two nays and then all all mitzi has to do is say oh go ahead just go ahead well okay and then she proceeds to confess all of these things as if they don't as if it's not a really traumatic she's trying to justify it all as saying I think she's trying she's to like, justify it though i think she's just she's absolutely she's like oh well uh i have i pulled up some some quotes uh i was i was rereading <laughs> that's a great mon. i'm not saying it it's is. a bad monologue i love that monologue but per- precisely the opposite reason i don't think it it it, it humanized her at all i don't think it showed gave me any sympathy for it It made me like really i thought it really solidified her transition from just being someone who hated to be on the farm was lashing out at animals you know because she just couldn't stand it just pent up anger to full-on psychosis a total break with reality where she thinks that it's okay to to confess like and talk about these things as if it's so here she talks about how She's this is I'm quoting something from Pearl when she's talking to Mitzi. Yeah. And this is the part where she's saying uh, she's finally getting to the part where she's talking about Howard. She goes, you were from somewhere, a nice, comfortable place that you could return to whenever you wanted. I'm so desperate to have that all my life. I've wanted off this farm and you were my ticket. 
You were my ticket out. So I made sure never to let you see who I really was. And it worked like a charm too. Then you finally brought me back to meet to your home to meet your family. And it was just as I had hoped. Like straight out of the pictures. At least that's what it felt like to me. But you didn't want it. You wanted to stay here with me on our farm. And it made me so angry. How could you? I'm certain you knew I hated it here. You must have. So somehow she's trying to play the victim. Even though she's openly admitting. And no. Without mincing any words. Admitting that she used and manipulated mm-hmm. Howard in order to get the life in the picture she that wanted. She that wanted, perfection. yeah. And so it reminds me of that pig, the pig that's on the the, the table or on yeah. the, the porch that's covered in maggots. <laughs> it stays there at first. It's a nice fresh pig, yeah. and then it, over time it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and degrading. And it's the same thing that she she's squandering opportunity that she has. She has an opportunity to live a very happy life on a farm with a man who really loves her, who's honorable enough to to not get out of going to war and to fight for the country. And what does she talk about? She's trying to play the victim by saying <laughs> that it's his fault that and she. Yes. Yeah. Well, this I, she's crazy, dude. The red yeah, flags. I'm kind of the, I'm kind of on the side of Kyle too because she just had a huge sense of entitlement the entire movie. She's like, I deserve this. I'm going to go get this. And what she got hit with was a big old slap in the face of reality. The fact that they didn't want some raggedy Ann girl on a farm. They wanted a blonde haired Chrissy girl. A young like girl. West. Yeah. All American, as they say. But then. I, and yeah, entitlement okay. just came out. Man. Here's my here's my reasoning for thinking like it humanizes her. Look at the relationship she has with her mother. Look at how like despondent they are to each other, how cold her mother is. She's never felt that maternal love. So that's part of the reason she breaks ultimately. She's never had that good, strong maternal love. It's always been harsh rules, harsh regulations. You're you're you can't live in La La Land. You can't do this. Never really able it sounds like her childhood, she was never really able to be kind of like a child because they needed help tending the farm. You know, she was forced to grow up earlier than she wanted. She saw her opportunity to get the life she wanted with Howard because of his access to wealth and a family that was rich in, you know, uh, I guess, love or connection. So she's wanting that. And I agree. It's very manipulative and she reveals a lot about her own self, her own intentions. But I feel like her admitting that is being honest, like she's recognizing it. She's like, I realize now, like, that's what I was doing. And me, her being able to say it also represents her inner turmoil with with it because she was always trying to hide her true self. And that makes me think, you know, it's like, why? I mean, no one just is just like that. I would hope not unless they're born like a sociopath or they're born not sociopath, but uh, what is it? Sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> she was a sociopath. Yeah, sociopath. <laughs> yeah. No empathy or whatever. I can't remember what the difference is. Yeah, psycho, but like. Psycho, hang on. Psych, psychopath, sociopath. Some You're not able to uh, feel um, empathy for someone else. And like, I, I do agree. I, I agree with both both points of it. Um, yeah. You did see, like, you kind of get that vulnerability when she's finally releasing things, so you can kind of empathize with her. And then she's like, "All right, well, it's time to axe you to death right now." <laughs> 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 see, I'm not. I, I just spilled my guts to you. Like, I'm not gonna let you 
leave with all this information now? Like, I can trust you? <laughs> Even though she asked her. Maybe you should. Yeah. Axe. <laughs> yeah. And I guess me tries to, to, to see, like, where this darkness in her is coming from. It's not like she's just born with it, even though her mother says she is. She's like, I've seen the darkness in you. I know the malevolence that works, you know, that is within you. Okay, well, I mean, what have you done to help, you know, persuade her from that or try to be a maternal figure that would try to pull her away from that darkness that you see because I guess it's something that we all have at our core instinct. It's something we're all ingrained with, this ability to, I guess, do terrible things when we're pushed to a limit or where we have this lack of affection. We know we're constantly striving for it. So I feel like from her childhood... She was denied that type of maternal love. And like she said, I just want to be loved. And so this is her trying to find that in the best. I mean, isolation can, you know, make you go crazy because she says I've been isolated on this farm. It's just been me and my mom who hates me, apparently, and my dad who is, you know, paralyzed. So, yeah, she recognizes him as her father. But she doesn't really have a father figure because she can't talk to him. He's, you know, unable to talk. She so can I, talk to him all, all she wants. He just can't respond. But it exactly. does make me think that he might not have been the best father prior to his illness. It just, yeah, it just kind of seems like and the parents were enablers just as much, too. They didn't have any empathy towards their own daughter to help her out in any way. And I mean, first off, she was definitely born a psychopath. 100%. She had that dog in her. It's what I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> that rabid fucking dog, man. Got um, that dog. It just, it, just con- it just continued on being Smoking just manifesting inside of her. Um, yeah. Until like, and then it, like I said, that, that whole monologue is definitely like the climax. I would say that's the uh, delayed climax of the entire film. Yeah. Um, but well, instead of choosing delayed- to be the the what? monologue her monologue oh. I think it was the delayed climax of the entire movie, which it did show it did show a lot of empathy to her character, and then what really like breaks the breaks the mold of humanity is the fact that she enacted on the axing thoughts right after that instead of holding it back and letting her go. Yeah, it's her like completely giving over to her dark impulses. Is like I know what I am now. Like I've I've killed people. I've hurt. I've killed animals. I've hurt people. I've done terrible dark things that's just who i am now so she immediately gives up you know gives into it she's done fighting the dark urge to kill because yeah it's because that's the thing that she was good that's the only thing she was successful at in her life you know she said if she doesn't get this part it's over she's not dancing anymore she's not doing any of that shit she didn't get the part she's like well you know what i'm good at fucking killing people so i'm gonna do that (laughs) i mean she's not wrong yeah, she was successful. At least what five to six successful kills. <laughs> yeah, confirmed. Yeah, Damn. confirmed. I don't know. I I find myself, uh, you know, a mix of agreeing and disagreeing with with various statements. Uh, I think that there's a there's some nurture in nature in, in a lot of it, but man, I don't give I don't give any sympathy towards like if she were to get the full brunt of justice like i would not bat an eye in any way this monologue reeks to me i think it's i think it's a beautiful in the sense of of 
the way it really highlights the pinnacle. I, I think the delayed climax was a great way of saying it. Uh, the, the, the pinnacle of her change from, I guess, faking being good to just saying, all right, uh, nah, I'm not even going to fake it. I'm just going to embrace who I am. That's what she and says. It's all your fault. It's all yeah. you've done this. All of it's all of y'all. So it's not me. But see, all I wanted was love. She doesn't want love. She wants what does she want? She wants fame. She, she wants, wants glory. Me. She keeps talking about those damn pictures. And I don't know that. You know, yeah, she was in a in a strict household, but she's it, it's it's uh, 1918. You're in the middle of a pandemic. There, I thought what was cool was highlighting, similar to our our pandemic uh, with yeah. COVID, is this movie highlighted the, the different ex, yeah the different experiences. So isolation for me was not isolation for for others. I had a really you know for me it was a good. I didn't care. I could work from home. So isolation for me didn't. There was no stress. I didn't have the the financial worries that a lot of other people experienced and. You know, I lived right next to family, so I was I was able to hang out and go over and not. And so I thought that was a cool element of highlighting that that socioeconomic break of where one's experience of isolation was different. I just thought that was a cool, you know, commentary on, on stuff that 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 we that we experienced recently. But yeah. I mean, talking nowadays, about that, the mom. Phone if you're bored, if you're bored, you can hop on your phone. Back then, if you had your farm and if you didn't have your dancing troupe, which she didn't get. <laughs> Serial killer, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're breeding serial killers out in some the Midwest, freaking Texas and West Texas. Well, I brought that up because the you know the the mom. What does she do? She she says, "Hey, go out and get medicine." The mom is having to do everything. She's having to be both provider and nurturer, mm-hmm. and she is definitely more on the provider side of it. She's not doing much nurture. She's providing, which is really all she can do. She's got mouths to feed, a farm to run, and what is her child doing? Her child is taking what little money they have, lying about getting candy, going and seeing a movie because she's obsessed with these damn pictures. It's not that they're, she, she's not getting any freedom. It's that she's squandering all of it. Same as the pig on the damn porch. So um, maybe that's imagery that it is the mom's fault because it's the mom who who decided to leave that that, that yeah. pig there. So maybe it's saying What's, that she's and she the said one. Like, she didn't want it. She's like, we don't accept charity. And it's like, it's not charity. Yeah, like, she's too proud. Yeah. See, but that's what that's that's the big the reason why Pearl hated her mom so much is because her mom, her mom submitted to her lifestyle. She submitted to being the provider, to being the person that cleaned, cooked, did the farm, and Pearl didn't want any of that. She was very selfish and entitled in the fact where I don't I don't see know. it as submission at all. I don't think she submitted to it. I think instead she embraced. She reached yeah, up. Yeah, that's, she that's understood that listen, this is the hand that I've been dealt. There's only one thing I can do, and that's either embrace this hand. And make the best of it, or I can be miserable. And she says as much to Pearl. She says, Pearl, you need to understand that that you accept this this hand yeah. and you make the best of it, or you're gonna be miserable the rest of your life. And so I think that was hinting at the mom. You know, the mom was yeah. like, I don't I don't want to sit here and I was supposed to marry this man, not be his mom. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not and the end I was Pearl Pearl reaped what she sowed. Like all she wanted to do is have a have a life of fame and fortune and get out there. And after that one time, she just gave up after that. And she just lived the rest of her life on that fucking farm until she died. Like she yeah. reaped what she sowed. She got exactly what she deserved because she was so entitled. And she thought she could have all this stuff instead of going and chasing it and making a life for herself. She submitted to what she had, to the hand she was dealt. And just like went a really weird psychopathic way with yeah. it. But hey, 
she suffered for the rest of her life, you know. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was interesting because the mom says, you know, you don't always get the life that you want, but you make do with what you have, the life you have. And Pearl reiterates that at the end when she's about to kill Mitzi. She's like, I, you know, you don't have to do this. You know, you know, I won't tell anybody. I won't tell anybody. And he's like, I'm just making do with the best of the life I got and kills her. Sure does. But I do. I do. I think. And Kyle, you actually have a different perspective because, Manny, did you watch Pearl then X? Yeah, I watched Pearl first and then X. I guess Kyle, I think you're the only one out of all three of us that watch X and then Pearl, right? So you do have like a different perspective on the movies. You watch the you watch the sequel and then the prequel, and we watch the prequel and then the sequel. I probably so wouldn't have been as salty about. I did not like X. I want. I almost didn't even watch Pearl because of how bad I thought X was. Yeah, I and thought see, the, have, see, here we're having we this like great conversation. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, it's interesting because uh, Mia Goth, you know. She's also credited as writing Pearl. So she had a, a hand in writing, I guess, the, the screenplay for Pearl. So, and, you know, X was just Ty West. So I wonder how much of Mia Goth's personality and character went into, you know, the writing of Pearl. That's why it was so much more focused on character development and the breakdown of, like, this person, you know, the individual person, which I, I, I thought was good. Point. Yeah. <clears throat> Brady made a comment earlier about uh, X. Brady, you said that hey, it's just it, it's really cut and, cut and cut and dry. This is a slasher film, and I think that if you go in with that mentality of 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 X being more like a gritty know, scream, where it's a yeah. just a gritty killer slasher, that's what it is. But if you go in and if you think about Pearl, it's more of like an American Psycho. I get a lot of American Psycho vibes from it. Yeah, and yeah. I just enjoy like we're having such a, a great conversation with a lot of the imagery and what's going on in X. There's only a handful of times that there's any like really powerful imagery. There's the, the, the panning in through the barn um, right before Lorraine goes to do her porn shoot. She takes off the cross that she's wearing, you know, symbolizing that she's no longer church mouse, that she's, she's putting away the traditional and she's going to embrace this new free life. There's the imagery of the two of the two Mia gods locking eyes as yeah. she's performing her scene, and you know old old, old Pearl, Pearl is getting all jealous because she's yeah. getting the dick and she's not. Uh, <laughs> you Howard's know, and so men like you tempted my wife. <laughs> did he call? I got a question. There was a racial slur. I think it was a racial slur that was, and I've never heard it before. It was Bohemian. Is that what he said? Uh, I didn't. I didn't rewind it. He said, "Yeah, he, the you, projectionist refers to himself as like I'm what some uh, the more civilized or cultured people would call a bohemian, meaning what is a is look it up. I would assume just somebody that's okay. Put this with on my like search history. That just looked at that shit up because I think it's somebody that's more okay with like not having being that kind of imagery, like nudity and like because back then that was like straight up like illegal. It was taboo, illegal. Yeah. I don't think you can, you can do it. Yeah." A lot of people were accepting that life and then used as a noun. It's a socially unconventional person, especially one who is involved in the arts. Mm, Bohemian is from Wikipedia. Uh, That was from Oxford from Wikipedia. Uh, Bohemianism is a social and cultural movement that has at its core a way of life, 
away from society's conventional norms and expectations. The term originates from the French bohème. I'm not going to try to pronounce that in a French way. Uh, and spread to the English-speaking world. Interesting. Hmm. Neat. I couldn't tell what it was. I, I thought yeah. that uh, that Howard, right before he killed um, Jackson, I thought he had said something like, "There was another Bohemian that came around." I was like, "Is that a is that a racial slur that I, I'm not not familiar with?" I just I didn't well, know what it was. Well, you yeah. think about it. So that's what I. I want to know if there were like I, I just presumed that there were others that came to the farm and were murdered in a very similar fashion there throughout were. Yeah. like the catch up between which I would like to know how like what's her actual body count how many people uh, did she murder in those yeah, households because Howard uh, does talk about like after uh, Pearl kills uh, the blonde haired lady in X mm-hmm. and you know he he finds her he's like was that the one she's like no you know I hate blondes. So meaning like Pearl has a type that she goes for essentially. So no, no, it's the, she hates blondes because of Mitzi. Yes. Yeah. I, yes, I see that. Oh, but okay. like, it's, it's referring to the fact, like, was that the, you know, the one meaning she's been looking for this type of character and they've done this multiple times and she found it when she found Maxine oh. and she's like, that's the one meaning she's gone through a list of other ones to find Maxine. So meaning they've done this whole thing before. Plus, you know, they that um, Jenna Ortega's character Lorraine finds the the guy strung up in the basement, you know, stripped down, you know, just in his freaking skivvies, or you know, with his you know boxes around his ankles tied up. <clears throat> so they've done this before. Like this has been a thing. And I think the yeah. cops also allude to that at the end because it's like feels like this has been you know. Who knows how many people have come to this farm and gone missing. So they kind of have a history of doing this. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, these Both of these films were very interesting. And the fact that I, I did, wasn't aware that they were going to be like horror classic films. I really didn't think that that was set up that way. I thought it was going to be a different manner. That's exactly what it was. And if you go into it, just know this is classic horror hack and slash type film with one, the prequel being a lot deeper than the sequel, and two, the fact that there's not really any jump scares. It's more about like the deepness and darkness of being a psychopathic serial killer, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But there really wasn't any any jump scares. No, no, no jump scares. I feel like there Maybe, was, there was one jump one. scare whenever uh, Maxine wakes up and Pearl's in the bed and she screams, and uh, the blonde haired lady—I keep forgetting her name. Runs out to like run to Maxine's Bobby room, Lee. yeah. And Pearl, like you know, naked old lady, kind of comes out from the shadows around the corner, and it's kind of it has like the stinger, like that as she runs yeah. by. That was, I would say, the only jump scare. Yeah, that I saw. <clears throat> oh man, what else can we talk about, Pearl? Oh. Going back to the bohemian thing, when the projectionist refers to himself as bohemian, what you gave a description and like a definition of someone who involves with the arts, unconventional ways of, you know, conducting themselves in society. Him showing Pearl the like the pornography that he filmed that he got when he was in France, overseas in France, apparently. He's like, this is an art form. This is going to be, you know, this is going to be huge. It's going to be multi-million dollar, you know, thing. It's going to take off. Very unconventional to have 
pornography think as something more of you know something of the cinematic kind of quality when really it, you know it's just people having sex on film which is you know degrading and gross like i said not I mean, sound prudish industry now and like, it is it's huge just that's, that's that's a, if you think industry. about the nowadays using OnlyFans and stuff like that i mean some of these people are making millions of dollars off of i mean yeah. being perverts nowadays it's wild it is crazy so that aspect is I mean, yeah, he wasn't wrong, and when he when he when he said that, now I'm not sure what the actual so like if their subtle context is the reason like this theme of like sex or pornography isn't you know a big part of X, and then subtly introduced in um, Pearl. I think the only tie between those two is like Pearl is exposed to it because that's the first time she's ever seen anything like that. Is when he the projectionist shows her. And then, you know, obviously an ex, when she's seeing it again, like acted out very, you know, vividly and being recorded, she's like, this is what I heard about all those years ago and how popular it is. And that's what drives her to be kind of Pearl's character in X is like sexually driven. Like, you know, she's fucking horny, (laughs) a horny old lady, but she's also like messed up in the head too. <laughs> well, the parallels between Pearl and X are the fact that Pearl is introduced to the sexually alluded films and she's not necessary she's not like like obsessed with it or anything. She doesn't necessarily want to do it. She wants to go down the path of like going into a church group, making her way that way the most like and being a horrible way. Like yeah. morals, keeping her morals doing it. And that parallels with the fact that Maxine is the complete opposite in Pearl. She is a preacher's daughter. She runs away and joins a troop to be in a sexually, you know, fueled film. And Pearl sees that and understands that that's where the parallel, that's why she likes her so much, is the fact that she's doing something that she, that Pearl, being a serial killer, wasn't able to, like, come down to that level to do pornography back in the day. But now the parallel is the fact that Maxine is and will do it and is getting what she wants out of it. And she ends up making it out in the end. So it's kind of a weird, like, weird parallel at the end yeah. of the fact that, you know, being a, a sexual, like, presence in a movie, like, she got away I know, fresh right? and clean, got to run over She's the, but. what they call the final girl in, yeah. like, you know, as far as tropes go in horror movies and slasher movies and stuff like that. She's the final girl, yeah. which is the one, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much, I mean, that pretty much details both the movies. I do I do think that Pearl was a, a couple of steps ahead of X for sure. Just the fact that it had more deep, dark, sadistic things that they actually touched on when X was more or less just like, let's tie this up like at the end and show what happens throughout it. I hope they don't make another one. They could. They could make another one. They they're making. They, they are making a Maxine oh. movie with Mia Goth. Mm-hmm. Oh, are they? Really? And hmm. I got some controversy about that because... Mia Goth, she's actually being sued right now by an extra who she kicked in the head on set of while filming Maxine. He alleges that during the filming of the scene, uh, she accidentally like steps on his head or like kicks him in the head. And, you know, he reports it to the director and the director's like, hey, like, be careful with the extras. Don't, you know, freaking step on them. So the director reprimands her. She's like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Like, it, it was an accident. But then she does it again. But this time, mm. she, it's alleged that she does it on purpose because, you know, he got her in trouble essentially with the director. So she's like, you know, fuck you, extra. <laughs> and 
And then she's gonna be super that, but Alec Baldwin is walking free as day after killing somebody on the set shooting of somebody. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, like apparently she's getting sued now, and it wasn't just because of that. It was because allegedly again that she cornered the guy after the scene because he was going to, like, you know, make a big stink about it. She's like, you can't do anything like that. He's like, you're nobody. You're a freaking, you're an extra in a movie, in my movie. Like, you think you can, like, buck up to me? Go ahead. Do it. Like, she was antagonizing him about it. Apparently she cornered him in the dressing room or rehearsal room or something like that and pretty much, like, you know, tried to buck up and, like, shut your goddamn mouth. Jeez. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll get you sued right there. <laughs> That's what will happen. It's crazy. Uh, well, that'll be interesting to see a, a third, a, a trilogy made out of this. I wonder what they would even like base it off of. I mean, I understand that she got away at the end, but maybe it'll just dive more into how the fact that she ran away from her, her creature family. of a dad and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Maybe it's another build up to her being a psycho killer because like, she's yeah. obviously traumatized now. One, she's traumatized psychologically, I guess, from selling her body to do pornography. So she's kind of severed her conscience there. And now she's killed. So full on like corruption and, uh, you know, chaos consumes the mind. She's got a hell of a duck, man. I can't, I don't think I could meet anybody that could duck a shotgun like that and not get hit (gasps) at all. Miss me with that shit, old lady. (laughs) I thought. It was funny, yeah. That <laughs> freaking, it was so dramatic that Pearl got yeah. blown through the door and then falls on the ground. That was like some uh, um, Quentin Tarantino type shit. Like, damn, what kind of shotgun are you using? Good I know, right? Lord. It just looked like a regular, like, you know, 12 gauge shotgun in front of But it blew that old lady through the freaking door. Maybe uh, Howard put. Maybe he had already expended both shells. I don't know. We'd have to rewatch the movie to find out how many times he shot it. And when he reloaded, maybe she pulled both triggers at once. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maxine will be released in 24. So we can probably watch that one and do it. It's going to be based on Maxine trying to make it in 1980s Los Angeles. Well, folks, we're going to have a a follow-up seance Sunday from Maxine whenever it's released. Also, yeah. earlier we asked the question, Powder Keg Farms. Yeah. If it's a real farm. Mm-hmm. And I found it in West Virginia. In West Virginia? Oh. Okay. Yeah, there's not one yeah, in... Uh, not in Texas. I think this might be a pseudo-documentary again. I did see something about it's loosely based off events that happened. It was some sort of nurse, like lieutenant yeah. nurse. Um, So I didn't really dive into it too hard, but I did see that when I looked up a little bit more information on Pearl. Interesting. There's a powder keg in Houston that offers a variety of spectacular drinks, great prices, and a dog park. I'll have to go there. Yeah. Casket pearls around. (laughs) I know, yeah. Oh, man. Y'all seen pearl? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay, I mean, yeah, I think Brady's right. We've kind of expounded and covered both films pretty accurately. Um. I feel like we can now move on from both of these films and move on to the next segment, which is The Cryptid Hunt. Cryptid Hunt. Yeah, no, uh, I definitely forgot about that. Again, bro? <laughs> so Manuel texted and was like, hey, yo, you, you did this. I was like, oh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll get it done. And then, uh, you know, I had dad duties, man. I had to play with my son. I had to hang I mean, out with the family. I don't fault you there. 
100 percent you've only had two weeks to you know do it though so hey. and, and the Ooh, fact that i the and the, yeah <laughs> at least we all watched the movie this time but you did mm. call me and i did remind you <laughs> hey look god damn it carl i had one job man i don't know what to tell you yeah. <laughs> yeah, i mean hey at least we can now the most interesting thing is, what are we watching next, boys? Because uh, I, a couple things have like popped into my head while we were talking, but not much. And it's a movie I haven't seen. Have you guys seen the movie Smile yet? I have yes. seen Smile. Smile is good. Is it, is, it, is it worth it? I've heard I've heard hits and misses on it, but I've heard Smile's pretty good. And the only other one that came to my head no. was, uh, uh, it's the one with the handshake. What is it called? Uh, I think we mentioned it before. Uh. Um, oh, um, it's like they're doing like a seance and they like shake the hand and they say yeah, something. Um, it's like, let me in or talk to me. I think like, is what it's called. Talk to me. That's what yeah. it's called. Yeah. That's a newer oh, that A24 smile. film. Smile's good. It's a PG-13 film. It's, it's a, a good psychological slash myth, mythological horror film. It, it, it's good for what it is. Uh, we can definitely do that one. I've watched that one. Oh man, I had I a, watched I'm, it yet. I had a good one too that I thought of while I was watching these movies. I'm like, oh, this would be a great one. I should have wrote it down. <laughs> but we can do Smile. Uh, also, you, shout out to anybody in the audience or anybody listening. Like, give us some, give us some stuff, man. We would love to hear from uh, yeah. the viewers, the listeners, to see yeah. what they think on what we should watch next as well. We always take that. In. Consideration. consideration. Yeah, if you guys are enjoying, you know, the audience, if they enjoy listening to us babble on about movies and dumb shit, uh, and want to suggest something, feel free to, you know, send, you know, leave a recommendation in the comments, or you know, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Working on getting on Spotify. I think we are on Spotify. Yeah, we are. Um, you know, hit us up, and you can always send in your submission. Or requests at seancesunday at gmail.com. Email us there and we will get to your recommendations. And why not? We'll give you a shout out too if you recommend Love a good it. movie for us to cover. That'd be fun. I know we do these things and we, you know, involved with us. I forget, you know, if we do build an audience, we need to have some kind of audience interaction. Yeah, well, if anybody ever like mentions to watch The Happening, I'm gonna punch them square in the mouth. <laughs> That's a fucking terrible movie. Yeah. You didn't like The Happening? No, dude. You go back and watch it now. It's almost it's no. almost funny to watch. I didn't like it when it came out. <laughs> the best part about it is when, and this sounds bad. The best part about it is when the old man's like, "Get away from my house!" and he just shoots that kid square with that <laughs> shotgun. They're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> oh god. Have you guys ever seen the movie The Crazies? Yeah, it's a pretty weird one too. It is a weird one. It's interesting. That one's based off of like, yeah, like tainted drinking water makes people like go crazy and become homicidal. No, from 2010. Mm -hmm. It's an old one. It's pretty old. No, I ain't seen that. Uh, I'm thinking about another good, another good one. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can find it on Amazon, but I know it streams on Shutter too. Called. called the sorrow or sorrow it's like a zombie flick like a korean zombie flick movie but it's not it's not like your typical like american zombie movie it's very like obviously very graphic with gore and violence 
but also like the concept of it is really interesting because it the disease doesn't make you just become you know come back from the dead and start eating people no it, the disease it's kind of like 28 days later where it, it makes you like full of rage but it's not like it doesn't trigger your rage you know part of your brain or you know part that controls aggression it slowly goes after like your um your visceral animalistic need to like hunt and murder things like the very primitive <laughs> aspect of our brains as hunter gatherers it specifically the virus targets that and makes you act on it like aggressively yeah. so the zombies I are like hunters think of like zom hunt hunter zombies if that makes sense hmm. and they do all kinds That's of pretty really messed up and depraved stuff. It's 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 great. I mean, it granted it is all in Korean, I I believe I might be wrong. Um, but it is really good. It's a good movie. Yeah. Well, I, I haven't seen any of those. 28 days or 28 weeks later, man. I love those fucking movies. Oh, they're they're, they're so good. good. They're supposedly oh, the rumor so is they're coming out with a 28 years later. I would watch, I'm going to watch the shit out of it too. Those movies yeah. are so good. I just remember there was a time in my life when I didn't realize those were two different movies. So like I watch I, I like watch the one with Killian Murphy yeah uh like one month and the next month I'm like I kind of want to watch it again it was a pretty good one but I put on 28 weeks later I'm like what the fuck is this I've never <laughs> seen this movie before am I, am I stupid I went back and checked it I was like oh these are two different movies oh yeah dude and freaking- 28 years later January 11th 2024 it was given the green light uh, oh so they're in in making in production yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I love that Dude. one. That's a good, that's a good, that's probably my favorite zombie movie. Like right there, 28 days or 28 weeks, either one. They were both really good. They absolutely, they were good. I really enjoy the score, the score from those movies. Oh man, iconic. Here we go. It's just like this slow crawl and build. And it's so simple. So I know, you're just hearing it through iconic, my microphone. It's, it's iconic as shit, is what it is. I hear that, I'm like, what, what are we talking about? Are we talking about 20 weeks later? 20 days later? Which one are we talking about? <laughs> We're talking about rage zombies, bitch. What the fuck yeah, you know rage about that? Zombie. Rage hey, zombies. what about Slotherhouse? Sloth? Oh, the one with the, the serial killing sloth. Oh, God. Oh, good God. <laughs> No, negative Ghost Rider. I mean, if the audience wants it, we'll watch it for you guys. <laughs> Other than oh, that, I don't, I don't vol- voluntarily want to watch that. It's like watching oh, Velocipaster. Have you guys seen oh, heard that? <laughs> <laughs> that freaking movie is a... I mean, I guess I get it. It's meant to be a joke, but it's like... What the f- My okay. favorite part, it's like... Maybe five minutes in the film, they're walking down the street and there's a car. And I think, I don't remember if they replaced the car with text or if over the car they put text. And it was just VFX fire. (laughs) 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 They didn't put the fire and it was just, yeah, just VFX fire. (laughs) So bad. Like, even though it was meant to be a joke, that's the kind of, we should do a movie. We should make a movie and I want it to be that bad. Kind of like a spoof film. 
I'm trying to get Ross to remind me because me and Ross watched a movie. It has like this weird D-list actor in it, but it's about like this doll. That like, it's such a weird fucking scary movie, and I'm hoping he responds really quick. About a doll. Scared. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. He might have said something. Oh god damn, he doesn't remember. Ross doesn't remember shit about anything. But me and Ross, like, we we took some gummies. We watched this fucking weird. Like, I couldn't go back and watch it again. I could. It, honestly, God, it I had to so be high. Yeah, funny. yeah, dude, it was so funny, and I just can't remember what it's called. I'll have to remind myself and look uh, it up later because it was so oddball. And I was like, I can't believe we watched that movie in its entirety. We watched every second of it. <laughs> like, we were able to so sit bad. through this this whole movie and watch it end to end. Oh. That's great. I don't know. Do you guys want to do another serial killer movie, alien movie, a slasher movie? I'm creature I'm good feature. With a bit of, oh, good creature feature sounds good. Mm. We haven't done that yet. So we've already done technically aliens with uh, um, what was that first one we did? Shit, I no, one no, no one will save you. No, no one will save you. Yeah, technically aliens. This one was a good horror hack and slash. So, yeah, we're not gonna so. we're not gonna talk about the episode where we did uh they're the fourth uh, kind closing oh i remember the movie now it's a cosmic horror hmm. if you guys are is interested that the in name cosmic, of it a- no it's called the void it's on amazon i think i've heard of it it it's great it's oh it's a great, like, cosmic horror movie. There's, like, a whole cult kind of aspect behind it. And the, cre- like, the creature design, uh, s- cinematography of it, it's, it's freaking great. I might mi- be misusing that, that word, cinematography. Uh, but the visual effects, the practical effects in it, it's dope. It's so sick. The plot's good. Say, talk about it. A cinematic movie that has a creature in it that's fucking terrifying. Have you guys seen The Ritual before? That is a fucking terrifying yes. movie. The Ritual is like. great. The Ritual is so good. We could do. Now you haven't seen that one. one. I'm the down Ritual. For that one. That one's. Oh, 2017 film. Yeah. Oh, so good. on Netflix. Yeah. It's about that, sca- that one is genuinely scary too. Like <laughs> this is a was, scary movie. I was. I mean. Some parts of it were scary. I was more intrigued with it, like, I guess, intellectually, in the sense of, like, what is the mythos behind this god that they're, you know, worshiping out in the freaking wilderness of, where are they, in Ireland? I'm yeah, like, somewhere Whoa, what out is there this? In yeah. Europe, or Norway? It's just, or... It is a, yeah, it's a good creature film, because uh, the, the creature is, like, based from uh, Norwegian descent, I think. it's like Yeah, Norwegian mythology. Things, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, but it's that's a really good movie, I think. Mm, yeah, that one has good character development and a good creature. Really feature. funny, scary movie part in that. Do you remember the funny part of that movie, Manuel? Uh, no. When he's in the fucking village and that lady comes out around the corner, he's going, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to drops like, oh, this old God. lady, dude. Oh, it's a funny. It's just such a good comedic portion of that movie. It made the whole the rest of the movie was still kind of scary, but I was like, that was funny as fuck. <laughs> i'm definitely watching ritual uh regardless if we do the uh do a podcast on it because in the related films category uh it has as above so below and the autopsy of jane doe have you seen as above so below i have not that's the best that's the oh what 
I have you not haven't seen, seen that, that movie. No. What the? Fuck? Oh, Dude, that's oh, the we've. Best. That's the best scary movie I've ever seen in my entire life. That is the best top tier. I can watch it over and over and over. It's again. pretty good. So good. I think I've watched it twice back to back. Because I remember great. seeing the trailer when it was coming I out. I wrote a paper on it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Dude, it's good. It's so good. Like Damn, okay. I, we we went to like College Station. I think sometime late last year, and we were like out like till like three o'clock in the morning, like in Northgate. We got back to the Airbnb, and I was so ready to go to bed. And I like I like sitting on the couch, and my buddy Chance just puts it on. I was like, "Fuck!" He's like, "What?" I was like, "I kind of want to watch this movie, man. I don't care how long it takes." <laughs> I was like, "Nah, fuck that." I like went and took a shit, and then I like <laughs> laid down and positioned myself in the bed of the room I was sleeping in, to where I could see the TV in the living room. And I just stayed up. I just stayed up the whole rest of the night. And him and a girl were in the in the living room watching it. And they thought I went to bed, and I was like, fuck, that's scary. They're like, Brady, you still awake? I was like, I told you I'm watching this whole fucking movie. <laughs> so as above, so below is a, an alchemic phrase. Uh, and it's about, the, the movie itself is about Parisian catacombs, but there's there's a little bit of alchemic imagery in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not like super, super heavy, but it's, it's pretty prevalent throughout the film. It's, it's just a it's really so good, oh. so well put together. From the, it's it's, it's uh, POV style to like, Kind of like paranormal activity, but you don't miss a thing, and just it hits from the very beginning. It's so good. It Damn, okay, I'm kind of blown away that you guys are so adamant about this movie because, like, it's, I remember it's it's, yeah, seeing the trailer. I'm like, it doesn't look, it didn't look like anything special to me on the trailer because I guess the whole okay. POV and the ending's good too. Found footage. I didn't thing. want to watch it because I hate. I didn't want to watch it because I hate found footage. I, I, I never. I didn't like Cloverfield. I really wasn't a big fan of paranormal activity. I, Blair Witch about, Project. Just not a big fan. I've there's I don't think there's a single found footage one except for this that I like, and this so is good. good. Okay, God damn, they haven't came out with a movie like that ever. That's just a standalone category, and it's so good. I am so surprised you haven't seen that movie. Okay, well, this will be a good one then because I've never watched this movie. You two are very adamant about it, so I'm gonna go back and watch, watch it. it. You yeah. guys can yes. rewatch it, and we can make this because I'll be coming in with a fresh set of eyes. And I can oh. just tear down all your arguments and tell you how much of a shitty movie it is. Dude, if you don't like it, I'm rethinking the way I look at movies because that movie's so good. I'm glad Kyle's on the same fucking There's, there's no way you're not going to like well, the movie. I, swear, I trust you guys' instincts enough to tell me it's like if something's good, it's probably going to be pretty good. Mm, oh, don't trust my instincts. I know very few other people like the movies I like. I love my wife's movie. laughing at me because she knows. <laughs> uh, have you all seen The Autopsy of Jane Doe? I have. It's I a good have, movie. I have it's, not. I've heard that one's good though. It's, it's creepy, good. dude. Like that one does it's, a good job of building like tension. Like you're like, what the? Ew, ew. It's good. I don't know that I'd put it like in any top, top tier list, but as far as just a good movie to watch, put on, you won't be disappointed watching it. Mm-hmm. Autopsy Jane Doe. I feel like it's the Autopsy of Jane Doe. I don't feel like it's something that's been done before. Maybe it has, and I just haven't seen it done before but it feels like it's kind of fresh like it's a new idea like I've never heard of the concept of this movie in particular like the core concept of what it is well did they base it on is it kind of a pseudo documentary off of like what happened I can't remember what year that was when they like found that guy that was like a John Doe and they could never figure out like why his teeth were in his fucking stomach and shit like that and they never identified him no what? not that I know of what are you talking about there was there's an actual there's an actual article if you go look it up of a john doe 
they found it might have been a Jane Doe. It might have been a Jane Doe. I don't know. They found them. All the teeth are missing. Fingerprints burned off. Teeth. Their teeth are in their stomach, packaged in a in a fucking bag in their stomach, and they they never identified the person. I don't think. You know what? Up to this day, I'd have to go back and rewatch it, but that does sound very similar to some of the stuff that happens in Autopsy of Jane Doe. Because they find like they, it's pretty much the corpse of this young lady, but they're doing the yeah. autopsy on her. You know, no one knows who she is, but they find all kinds of weird stuff in her body, like yeah. what, which looks it's, like traditional bindings and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's probably it, it, loosely based off of that. I wouldn't doubt it, but it, it it's definitely a good movie. It's an interesting movie, and it sounds like I said until you mentioned that one case. Like I've never heard of. A movie with this type of concept before it was it was fresh to me. It was cool to me. But all right, all right. So we got a good little list going. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, I have as above, so below. The ritual, the void, and talk to me. And talk to me. Yeah. Talk to me is like a newer one that came out in twenty twenty three, right? Yeah. Yeah, that came out twenty two. Was it twenty twenty two, twenty three? Oh wow. Okay. That's what it says on all of this that I'm getting from. I'm just I'm on IMDb. Well, I figured. I mean, that's the one place everybody goes for movie facts. Okay. Well, hey, if you if you want to if you want to clip this part, Manuel, just you know let the audience decide. We got four four types of movies. If they want to select one, and we get a good choice, and we'll go with it, man. Rip uh-huh. a reel, throw it out there, and see how cool. many people we get to react to it. All right. So, you guys, send in your comments in the comments section. What would you guys like to hear us review? As above, so below. The void. What do they call? Talk to me. Talk to me. The or, ritual. Or the ritual. Let us know, guys. And with that, I guess we'll wrap up. I got a piss like a racehorse. I've been holding it for like the past, <laughs> I don't know, hour. But uh, it was great talking to you guys. This is a solid episode. I think. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Yeah, this is well almost over two hours on this one, or at least two hours, I think. We could so probably we got- cut some of it out. Yeah. Do you do? Yeah. Yeah, I edit. I don't edit a whole lot. Like I said, I'm not going to do a whole lot of editing on this because we didn't really go off on a bunch of tangents. At the beginning, yeah, we kind of did, but I feel like I can get some good clips from that section, like Brady farting into his microphone. I thought that was funny. (laughs) Yeah, I need that clip. I'll post that one so fast. Um, But yeah, it was pretty good. I did notice the last two were like 90 minutes long. I don't, can you tell how many people view it on like on like Spotify and like, like uh, Apple Podcasts and shit like that? Yeah. Uh, you know what, let me pull. What are up. the numbers? Yeah, I want to know the statistics. Because I have it set up. We're running through Acast. What's the podcast? Did you get a lot of engagement from the TikToks that you sent out there? I know you like you like mass dropped a shit ton of them on the Seance Sunday podcast that I saw. Yeah, on the the TikTok channel, yeah, um, yeah. Some some people some some of the the clips got upwards of over fifteen hundred. <laughs> good, good. So yeah, they're they're getting good good stuff for the most part right now. What's that? Uh, what's the channel name for that? For what? For which one? The Say on Sunday podcast. That's the channel name. It's the Say on Sunday podcast. It's on YouTube. 
Oh, I guess I should, you know, include if you're listening to us on Apple Music, where else you can find us. You can find us on YouTube if you want to listen to the video version of this podcast. Check us out on YouTube at Seance Sunday Podcast or, you know, on wherever you get your podcast on Spotify, Seance Sunday Podcast. Check us out. Uh, if you are listening on one of those networks or streaming platforms, make sure to leave a like, comment, and share it with your friends, family, anybody that likes thing, all things creepy, cryptid, horrible, terrifying, and awesome. Fucking share it, you nerds. <laughs> share it, and you I'll nerds. do the uh, and I'll do a segment on the the hunting of the cryptid hunting because it's fun. Don't forget this yeah. time, you jackass. Yeah, Kyle, this is your third reminder. <laughs> your third reminder, yeah. Uh, like I said, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, as well as Samsung Podcasts, Google Podcasts, that kind of stuff. All the places you can find us. I guess we forget to do that a lot. I don't ever do like the drum drops where you guys can find us. Spotify, though. I don't know, I have to look into I'll Spotify. <laughs> Is there a reason we're holding it? I don't know. Feels natural. There's <laughs> this big, uh, lunky, girthy thing right next to my mouth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that not politically appropriate? Oh, my bad. But all right. Like I said, I'm excited to do this in person one of these days. Like that's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah, we can we can all work it out for the uh, baby thing, baby shower. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. When is that again, Kyle? Remind me. We haven't. We don't have a date for the baby shower. Well, okay. Get a fucking date then. <laughs> this is your first reminder. I'll, I'll let her know. <laughs> Brady says get a fucking date for the baby shower. Do you want me to beat yeah. his ass now or later? Brianna, that'll <laughs> be later at the baby shower. Yeah, <laughs> if you ever plan it. <laughs> well, oh yeah, we, we technically haven't even announced it yet. Oh okay. Yeah, only close family knows, and the listeners of this podcast. <laughs> they now know. All the strangers on the internet now know. All, All the strangers. Zenichinos, Zen Cowboys. Got to get them Zennies. Got to get them Zennies boys. Oh, God. Those Zennies boys. So lame. They'll hear us one of these days. Shameless. I'm going to have to quit just on principle. I'm getting. I need your addiction to get even farther. I don't know. We need to go through and we need to have someone count like how many times I put these in during the podcast. This is the first time like, I've seen that you put like, in. Duck down, you're like down here like. <laughs> I do that. Well, in meetings, I'll be like, I forget that it's in and I'll like be like playing with it like I would a piece of gum and then I'll like spit it out and I'll put another one in and I'll realize I'm doing all this on camera at work. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> nice. Oh. A piece of gum. Yeah. Who was that? What was that, Norris? This gum, sir. I don't think they. I don't think they care, but still, maybe it's not polite. Maybe, but all right, boys. Good night. Thanks for tuning in with us. Can't wait to see you on the next one. We're gonna, like I said, drop your your votes on which film we should recover next, and we'll see you next time on the Sand Sunday podcast. Peace out. Peace out, boys. Thanks, Thanks everybody. everybody.